I want to talk today about activating power in the blood. You know, sometimes in driving our vehicles, we notice that this doesn't seem to have the pep and the power that it used to have. And you know what? You give it a little tune-up and everything changes. Anybody know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Sometimes you have to change the spark plug. And now with the fuel injection, you have to clean those those, uh, fuel injectors. Uh, used to own the carburetors. We used to have to, that was something you had to do all the time, adjust those carburetors. So, and, but you know what? As believers, sometimes we need a tune-up. You know, we need to relive what God has done for us. We need to remember how we were in this mess or that situation or that circumstance and now we were delivered. We need to remind ourselves all the time of the power in the blood that was shed on Calvary's Hill. You know, I grew up Pentecostal churches and there's one thing that we did all the time and that was, we, I don't think I ever went to a service once I got old enough to start. I've been going since I was not, since I was one week old. I was born one Sunday in church the next. But when I, I don't think I can remember ever going to a service that they didn't, one, one of the songs, and we always sang out of hymnals back then, and one of the songs that we always sang would be something about the blood of Jesus. Anybody remember those days? You know, today, and you heard a lot of preaching about the blood. Today, you don't hear much preaching about the blood. But uh, actually, the shedding of the blood is the centerpiece of our salvation. It is everything rests upon the blood. Now, in the early days of the charismatic movement, you heard a lot, of, a lot of teaching about the blood covenant and so forth and so on, but now you don't hear much about the blood at all. But I want to remind you today about the blood of Jesus. In Hebrews 12, 22, Hebrews 12, 22, I'm going to read the scripture from the New King James and then from the NLT also, New Living. But you've come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to, to the, the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God the judge of all, the, to the spirits of just men made perfect to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the blood of the sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. Now I might understand a little better with NLT. Now you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and 
the countless thousands of angels in, jo- in joyful gathering. You have come to the assembly of God's firstborn children whose names are written in heaven. You've come to God himself who is the judge over all things. You've come to the spirit of the righteous ones in heaven who now have been made perfect. You've come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people and to sprinkle blood, sprinkled blood, which speaks of forgiveness instead of crying out for vengeance like the blood of Abel. Now, this is a great picture that the writer of Hebrews is here painting with his words. Sometimes people say, you ever heard somebody say, that sounds too good to be true? You know, anybody ever heard somebody that? You know, some people say, man, all that sounds too good to be true. Maybe you thought, well, it's true, but couldn't be true for me. The word of God is the best news you will ever hear. And it's not too good to be true. It is true. Now let's look at activating the power in that's in the blood. First of all, we have to recognize the power in the blood. The blood of Jesus accomplished what nothing else could do. Man was lost, dead, in sin, unrighteousness because of disobedience of Adam and Eve. Now, to get a real picture of this, we need to go back to the first deliverance by blood. And most of you, if you know anything about the Bible, you already gone back there. And it's when the lamb was slain, the blood from that lamb was put on the sides of the door and over the top of the door. That was, that's the first deliverance from blood with blood. And it goes from that to God instituting then the lamb that would be slain and the blood would be taken into the mercy seat there in the tabernacle. The blood would be put on a scapegoat, they call it, and they would turn it loose in the wilderness as a covering for sin. But now, after this, man's future seemed dark and bleak. We were, man was separated, annihilated from God and the promises of God's word. But then the blood of Jesus came, the lamb of God that was shed, that granted us redemption, that granted us reconciliation with God. And now we can enter into the presence of God because of the blood of Jesus. Remember, Adam used to walk and talk with God. He and Eve in the garden. And because the enemy came to them, they yielded to temptation 
and they were kicked out of the garden and they were annihilated from God. But through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, we now can be reunited with God. Romans 5, 9. Romans 5, 9. King James. Much more than having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. NLT said, and since we've been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. How does God see you? He sees you through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He recognizes you because you have been redeemed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, because of the blood, we have been made righteous. The blood has erased every count of our sinful nature and God doesn't remember them. Isaiah 43, 25. Isaiah 43, 25. I, even I, who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and will not remember your sins. NLT says, I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my own sake and will never think of them again. God, because of the blood of Jesus, all of your past has been eradicated because you're under the blood. Somebody said, you know, God put all of your sins, your wrongdoing in the sea of forgetfulness and put up a sign, no fishing. (laughs) Knowing the power in the blood is the secret to successful living in righteousness. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. Why? Because of the blood. It's all because of the blood. Our whole Christian life is based upon the blood that was shed at Calvary. You know, when you are washed in the blood, you get a new heart. You have a, your conscience is clean. You know, talking of those songs, I remember those songs. My favorite of all of them was, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilty saying. And then we would sing, Are you washed in the blood of the lamb? Are you washed in the blood? In the soul cleansing blood of the lamb. Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the lamb? And I can see by the smile on your faces that some of you are taking a trip down memory lane right now with me. And then we would sing, 
Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's power, wonderful power in the blood. There's power. And we used to say in that course, we would, we, you know, as I said, there was power, power in the blood. We would put in the four powers. Yeah. There's power, power, power in the blood. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You see, it's all of this is because of the blood. And then in recent charismatic time, the song has come out that we sing, uh, the blood of Jesus was shed for me way back on Calvary. The blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose its power. It reaches to the highest mountain and flows to the lowest valley. It's the blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose its power. It will never lose its power. Power in the blood of Jesus as it flowed down from his hands, from his forehead, from his head, from his side, from his feet, flowed down on the ground and formed a river of blood that flows today for every individual that's willing to accept Jesus Christ as their personal savior. Thank God for the blood. It never loses its power. It's still saving. It's still giving strength. It's still delivering. It's still providing everything for us. It's, it still makes us and keeps us righteous. The blood took away all the guilt and the shame and the condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Hello? So don't let the devil come to you with something. The blood that was shed on Calvary is available today for every individual, everyone. Through it, you can receive salvation and eternal life. Through it, you are forgiven and no longer guilty of wrongdoing. Because of the blood, you are made righteous. Through the blood, you can walk without any condemnation. Because of the blood, you are delivered. Because of the blood, you are justified. Because of the blood, you are protected and kept safe. Because of the blood, you become children of God, heirs of God, and join heirs with Jesus Christ. Because of the blood, you've been accepted by God. Because of the blood, you're entitled, entitled to all of the promises of God. You know, you look at uh, Ephesians 2. I'm going to read this from the NLT. In those days you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel. Now this is talking, he's talking to the Gentiles here. He's telling us that we were excluded. You did not know the covenant promises that God made. You lived in a world without God, without hope. But now, but now, but now, you have been united with Christ. Once you were afar from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. There's power in the blood. Look at your neighbor and say, there's power in the blood. 
Now we got to activate that power. You know, you ever got a credit card in the mail? Anybody ever get a credit card? Some of you probably do. You know what? Although you have it, until you do what it tells you to do there, to activate it, it does you no good. Hello. Revelation 12, 11, the first part of it. I just want to read the first part of the Bible. And they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. That's a NLT, the good news translation. They won the victory over him by the blood of the lamb and by the truth of their, uh, they proclaim. William Barclay translation. The blood of the lamb and their fearless declaration of faith have won for them victory over him. Who are they talking about? They're talking about victory over the devil, victory over Satan. The blood of the lamb has legally obtained victory for us. Now, what am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about the fact that when Adam and, and Eve in the garden were tempted, then the devil became, or Satan, you might say, became the God of this, of this world. You got to realize that Adam had control of everything, but the enemy got that control. Paul says that in, in uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 4, he says that the devil is the God of this world. So there we are. There we are. Now, when Christ died on that cross and shed his blood, and when he arose, he arose with victory in his hand over the enemy. And he went and he presented himself to, the, to God the Father. And now we have the victory. It is legally done. You see, God does everything legally. Our testimony enables us to experience this victory to activate the power in the blood. You know, if you're going to activate the power in the blood, how are you going to do it? Our words must agree with what the blood of Jesus has accomplished for us at Calvary. We must be able to talk about what happened at Calvary. What happened at Calvary is that we received redemption of sin. What happened at Calvary? we received healing. What happened at Calvary? We received every, every promise of God become ours. But you have to activate our rights and privileges that was attained through the blood of Jesus. Have you ever heard, I plead the blood? And uh, where I grew up in the old Pentecostal churches, they said that all the time. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. Well, they're not, you know, <laughs> some people say, what in the world is pleading the blood? It's not begging God for something. It's not a statement of unbelief. It's actually, actually activating the blood in our lives. It's asking God 
for what the blood has already provided. It's a statement of faith based upon Calvary. It is a legal term that describes the activation of your rights. Okay? If you're called into court, you have to answer and you make a plea to lawfully get the benefits that belong to you according to your rights and privileges. Is that not correct? You know, that's exactly what you're doing when you say, I plead to bud, you are activating the rights and the privileges of a citizen of the kingdom of God. You know, old Mike Perkett got a song. He talks about, he came into the courtroom and they, they dropped the gavel and they said, gave him a list of all of his sin. And they said, how do you plead? He said, I plead to blood. Said, I plead to blood. Anybody ever heard that song? Mike Perkins sang that song. I, I like, you know, hey, and he, he goes on in, in, in the song. He says some more things and, he, and they ask him the question. He said, I plead the blood. I plead the blood. Hey, that's what we're, you know, see what he's doing. He's telling him, he said, look, I'm activating my rights and privileges. Those, that list of sins and stuff that you're talking to me about, it don't exist anymore. I plead the blood. See, the blood gives you life and that more abundantly. The blood makes you accepted. You see, you couldn't, Adam walked with God into the presence of God, but when he sinned and we became sin, now he could no longer, God kicked him out and he no longer had any contact with God. But because of the blood of Jesus, we can actively, the Bible tells us, we can actively go and talk with God like Adam did. The blood has forgiven us and cleansed us, has delivered us. It's wiped away all condemnation. I said it before. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. What's that talking about? Those that have been born again by the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood covers you. The blood protects you. When the devil comes with thoughts to you and said, don't you remember this? And don't you remember that? All you need to do is say, I plead the blood. When he brings thoughts to your mind, well, man, look what you've done. You, who do you think you are anyway? All you got to say, I plead the blood. Come on now. What are you doing? You're saying, hey, that's already been taken care of by the blood. That don't exist. When plague, sickness, disease, pestilence come knocking at your door, I plead the blood. When the storm clouds come rolling in, just say, I plead the blood. Come on now. We need, to, we need to begin to understand that there's power in the blood. There's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus. That, that blood counts for something. It stands for something. Hello? You see, when you come into a courtroom and you, you, you plead, 
you are saying, I have certain rights, I have certain privileges because of my standing as a citizen in this community, in this country. When you come in to the courtroom of heaven, well, not heaven, but the courtroom of the devil, I guess I should say it this way. And because of what heaven has done for you, when they lead, give you a list, you can say, I plead the blood. I plead the blood. Activating that power. You know what? You can have a car that's got a lot of power. You can get in that car. You can turn on that engine. You can actually put it into drive. Or first gear if you got a shift. But you know what? Until you press that accelerator and activate that power, nothing happens. Am I right or wrong? The engine's running. The power's there. But it has to be activated. That's what the blood of Jesus Christ does when the devil comes knocking at your door. You need to realize, hey, put your foot on the accelerator and say, I plead the blood. I plead the blood. The blood of Jesus that has redeemed us, that has set us free, that has given us health, that has given us happiness, that has given us provision, that has given us perfection. Hello? You see, we have a secret weapon that other people don't have. If they haven't been born again by the blood of Jesus Christ, they do not have this power. You have a power. You know, that's why I claim 91st Psalm all the time over myself, over my family. I claim the 91st Psalm every time I start to drive on a trip. I claim the 91st Psalm. What am I doing? I'm activating the blood of Jesus. When that Psalm, it says, no harm shall come near you, no plague shall overtake you. Hey, I plead the blood. The blood activates that. The word of God tells us everything that we can have. But I want you to understand everything in the word of God is activated because of the blood. Without the blood, there would be no power. Come on. Anybody here? Y'all gone home already. Anybody getting anything out of this? I know you know all of everything that I'm saying to you. You've heard it before, but it doesn't hurt to remind you of it. It doesn't hurt to stir you up and stir up your pure minds. It begins to get us to, you know, it revive. When you start thinking about the power in the blood, you begin, there's there's revitalization. You begin to come revived again. You start thinking about the blood that was shed on Calvary. You see, that blood, that's your salvation. That's your everything. The blood is our everything. 
without the blood. Actually, the Bible says it. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. You see, the Israelites understood this from the Old Testament. But when Jesus came and died on the cross, as I read there a while ago, it said that we had no right reading from the word. That was for them. But when Christ died on the cross, we had the opportunity through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ to become partakers with them. Remember we said that you were alienated. We're, in, we're isolated from God. But when the, te- when the blood was shed, the power in the blood brought us to a realization that we too could be a part of the family of God. You see, we got to realize that the Israelites, they are God's, they were God's people. And Abraham was their father. But the word of God says that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, through the blood that was shed at Calvary. So now we become through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, we become the spiritual descendants of Abraham. That's why Paul goes through and explains that so vividly in Galatians, especially in that third chapter of Galatians. Because Paul could do this because he had studied the law. He had studied all that. But now he understands how that now we can be engrafted into the family and we become part of the family of God with all of the blessings of God because of the blood that Jesus Christ shed on Calvary. Power in the blood accomplished what nothing else could do. When you plead the blood, you activate the power from the blood in your lives. Everybody stand up. I preach long enough. Say this with me. I'm redeemed because of the blood. I'm forgiven because of the blood. I'm righteous because of the blood. I'm accepted by God because of the blood. I'm part of the family of God because of the blood. I'm healed because of the blood. I am protected because of the blood. I am what God says I am because of the blood. I can do what the Bible says I can do because of the blood. I am the righteousness in Christ because of the blood. I plead the blood. Hallelujah. Anybody get anything?